Welcome to Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla, where it's you who sets the conversation. Join us for the next hour as we take a fresh look at how we think about spirituality. A fresh look indeed. Welcome aboard. It's Thursday afternoon. You know what that means. You know exactly. It is Fresh Thinking time. It's wonderful to be with you. As we are just over a week before Pesach, so we've got to get our thinking really fresh as we get our homes fresh. I hope that your Pesach preparations are coming along well and easily and maybe a little less expensive than you would have expected. So it's that time. It's uh, Pesach on the mind. Some people are really stressed about the preparations, especially if you get if you really dig in and get really involved in the cleaning process. So my question is exactly that. Let's talk today about the cleaning process. This is a time of the year when we're supposed to clear things out of our houses in the process, obviously, of getting rid of chomets, right? That's what we're supposed to be doing. So getting rid of chomets means not just, you know how it is, you tell Jewish people you've got a few pieces of breadcrumbs that might be somewhere in your house, and you've got to get rid of them. So what do we do? Top to bottom spring cleaning. It's fascinating what people find during the course of cleaning their house for Pesach. And just for a little bit of fun, just for a little bit of fun, what is the most interesting thing that you have ever found while uh, cleaning out for Pesach? That's an interesting question just in its own right. Just for fun, what is the most interesting thing that you have found while cleaning out for Pesach. You do know how to speak, right, on this show. It's all text-based, so you use the SMS line, 34519. You can use social media, the Chai FM Facebook page, the Twitter feed at Chai FM, or my Twitter feed at Rabbi Shish. You can use our Telegram line, 0618951019. So, yeah, just for fun, what is the most interesting thing that you ever discovered while you were trying to clean up for Pesach? course that's not what we're going to focus on today in fact what we're going to focus on is so there's this whole experience of cleaning that is supposed to be such a big deal and uh, we're supposed to go right through our house and we're supposed to look in every nook and cranny and we're supposed to clear out all the comets so somebody mentioned a little bit earlier today how do you get in how do you get to be inspired while you're in the process of cleaning Maybe you're even cleaning your house as you're listening to the show right now. That's even a possibility. How could this be inspiring? If anything, it just feels tedious and overwhelming. All the stuff that we've got to go through, especially if you have kids and who knows where the chomets could land up. So let's take it a notch deeper. What is the whole exercise supposed to represent? That's what I think would be worth talking about today. Maybe you've got spring cleaning tips. Maybe you've got chomets cleaning tips. Maybe you have that well-worn phrase which says people have to recognize that dust is not chomet and your children are not the Pesach sacrifice. I'm sure you've heard that. It's well-worn. But it is a good message because people do get carried away with all kinds of things. But let's try and understand. What is this process? What are we trying to achieve over here as we clean our house for Pesach? That's where we'll start our conversation, or perhaps we'll start it with some of the fun stuff, right? What people have found while looking for chomets. <laughs> Very interesting. Well, you know, what kind of things people come up with. So somebody says, I found a bad back. I found a bad back. <laughs> I don't know if that's good news. I don't think it's good news. It doesn't sound like good news. I don't think that's what you were supposed to find when you were searching your house for chomets. Okay? 
but I guess it does happen, right? It does happen. Um, somebody else says that they are hoping to find their mezuzahs that they lost while they were making a, a move, moving house. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, it is nice, I suppose, when you're looking for chomets and instead of chomets you find, wow, I can't believe it. I forgot we even had that. <laughs> that's that's nice. That's, I suppose, the ideal that you would like to experience when you're looking for chomets. But the question really is um, not so much what did you find, even though that's fun, and keep them coming because it is fun. But the better question is what is it supposed to achieve? What's the point? What's the purpose of um, of Chomets, searching for Chomets? What exactly are we trying to achieve? And that's what we're going to speak about today. In fact, I'm going to ask you the question a little differently. Seeing as this is a time when it is traditional to clean out our house, what do you wish that you could clean out of your life? What could you imagine? Imagine if it was that easy. If you get some kind of a spiritual vacuum cleaner, and you could use that vacuum cleaner somehow to clear out stuff from your life, the cobwebs. By the way, if you think cobwebs are just something that happens in old musty attics i gotta tell you the other morning i walked into my lounge and it was the most incredibly perfectly formed spider's web it was beautiful the sun caught the 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 pieces of the web and it was absolutely magnificent so we're not just trying to clear out what nature may leave behind in our houses we're trying to clear out something obviously that's more significant nothing in judaism is just so nothing in judaism is just physical Whatever happens in the physical realm is purely a reflection of what's going on in the spiritual realm. So the question is, in the spiritual realm, um, what is this notion of getting rid of chomets? What, what are we supposed to be doing? Uh, you know, what's it all about, getting rid of chomets? Is it just cleaning up? Is that all it is? Nothing more meaningful than that doesn't sound right. It's got to be something more meaningful. So that's the question I'm asking. If you had the opportunity to use this time of the year to clean things out of your life, what would you want to clean out of your life? I'm sure all of us have things, or maybe not only things, maybe sometimes it's people also. What would you want to clean out of your life at that time of, at this time of the year? Uh, here's Colin, who says on Telegram, uh, at, at the most, remember the question asked at the beginning was, what was the funniest thing or the most unusual thing that you've ever found while you were cleaning your house for Chomets. This is quite hilarious, actually. Colin says they found a piece of last year's Afrikoiman. <laughs> Can you imagine? Some kid really messed up. I mean, isn't Afrikoiman like the ultimate hunt at the Pesach Seder? All the children are totally on steroids trying to find Afrikoiman. You do not expect to have any bit of Afrikoiman left. Uh, after the Seder, and in, certainly not a year later, my gosh, that is incredible, I love that story, found a piece of last year's Afrikoman, and then Colin says, another example, found a piece of Chomets that was not found before the Chag, oh my goodness, that is a nightmare, I'm, I much prefer the one about finding the piece of Afrikoman a year later, and the good news about Matzah is that it could be a year later, and guess what, it still tastes okay, it still tastes just as good, or maybe some people say just as bad, as it would have tasted a year ago. <laughs> very, very interesting. Interesting. What else? What else have you found that was fun and unusual? 
uh, while looking for the Chomets. By the way, our family this year is is hoping to find a set of car keys that went missing. We're hoping that there'll be some Chomets charm that we'll be able to get, you know, that we'll be able to deal with, uh, to, to, to find some Pesach charm to find these missing car keys. Uh, yeah, what would you like to get rid of if you could, right? This is the time you clean out the house. What would you wish to clean out of your life? Somebody sent this anonymously and says, Can I answer Pesach in its entirety? <laughs> you want to get rid of Pesach? Oh my gosh, no. Pesach is a fantastic time. Maybe it's a little inconvenient. That's true. It expects of us to do certain things that we're not necessarily comfortable doing, like getting down on all fours and cleaning. And the the menu for Pesach is a little different to the rest of the year. Quite frankly, I think it's actually a better menu. You eat a lot less junk on Pesach. Uh, certainly if you keep a, a real Chabad kind of Pesach, you know, where we don't have processed foods, you eat a lot less junk. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to get rid of Pesach. No, certainly not me. I would not want to get rid of Pesach. But maybe that is what some people wish that they could get rid of from their lives if you had the opportunity at this time of the year. He has Deborah who says, I would love to be able to get rid of my sins. <clears throat> and, and, and what's funny about that is that somebody else said a similar thing, but, but, <laughs> but there must have been a little bit of a typo because instead of saying my sim, sins, they read my sibs, like my siblings. Oh my gosh, I certainly hope there was a typo. I really hope there was a typo. Um, but then again, you never know. You never know how a person's experience is in the, in the context of their family, you know, sometimes maybe that's, uh, that's actually a real thing. You've got to get rid of your siblings. Oh my gosh, you wish you could get them out of your life. So what's it, what's it for you if you had this magic broom? I guess it's Pesach, right? Pesach cleaning. So it's not a, maz, a magic wand. It's a magic broom. Okay. So if you had the magic broom to be able to sweep anything out of your life as you swept the comments out of your house, what would you want to sweep out of your life? And of course, the reason I'm asking this is because the experience of Pesach, which begins with the experience of cleaning for Pesach, is not supposed to just be arbitrary and it's not supposed to be just going through the motions. And it's not just supposed to be things that we do that are, um, <clears throat> that are, you know, arbitrary or uh, physical. Really, what we're supposed to do right now is we're supposed to get rid of stuff that is spiritually bad for us. So what would you want to get rid of from your life that would liberate you spiritually if you had the opportunity to do so? That's really what we need to talk about today. So if you've got a thought on that, use our social media channels, either Twitter at ChaiFM or at Rabashish, uh, Facebook page, the ChaiFM Facebook page, the Telegram line 061-895-1019 or the SMS line 34519 if you had this magic broom and you could sweep anything spiritually unhealthy out of your life in order to have a liberating Pesach, what would you choose? This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. That's a great initiative. Even though, to be perfectly honest, I think so close to Pesach, I'd, I'd be too stressed to start going out. But I think it'd be great for people, and especially if you want to get your kids out of the house so you can do your Pesach preparations. It's a, it's a fantastic idea. We're talking today about exactly that, about the Pesach preparations and what they represent on a deeper level. If you had the opportunity to sweep anything out of your house, sweep anything out of your life at this time of the year, what would you choose? See, the thing is this, that it, it's very easy to get caught up in the Jewish experience just on a what you see is what you get level. So I'm supposed to get rid of 
stuff from my house that is not kosher for Pesach. Okay, I'll do that. I'll get rid of stuff from my house that is not kosher for Pesach. But there's a phenomenal story, and I'm sure that I've shared it before on this show, with the Alter Rebbe, Rabbi Shneer Zalman, the founder of the Chabad movement, the night before Pesach, which is the time you're supposed to search your house for Chomets. Not this year, by the way. This year we do it two nights before. Next Thursday night is the search for Chomets, because... Friday night is not yet Pesach, and obviously you're not going to search on, on the Friday night. Anyhow, so it was Thursday night, and uh, sorry, it was the night before Pesach, and there he was. And he had this tiny house. Tiny house! We complain. We complain about space. We complain about so many things. But you have to remember the people back in the shtetl, they didn't have a one-bedroom apartment. They had a one-room apartment. Everything happened in the one room. And it took him hours and hours to complete the search for Chomets. And people couldn't understand it. You know, like, what takes so long? What takes so long? It's one house, one broom. I mean, you know, I, I don't know about you, but the average person can get it done. I don't know, 45 minutes, an hour. How long does it take to search your whole house? He had one room for heaven's sake. And he explained, you have to understand that the process of searching for Chomets has very little to do with making sure your house is clean because there are all kinds of Halachic fail-safes that you can get around these tiny pieces of chomets that are lurking somewhere that you haven't noticed. But the real issue is that you take a candle, a candle on the night before Pesach begins. And a candle is highly symbolic because King Solomon says, Ner Hashem Nishmasadah, that the candle of God is the human soul. You take the soul, that's your candle, and you start looking inward. And you start exploring the cracks in your personality. Just as you would look in the cracks of your wall to see, or the cracks of your floor to see if any chomets is over there. You start to look at the cracks of your personality and say, hang on a second, where's the chomets? Where's the chomets in all of this? Chomets is symbolic in various places of the Yetzirah, of the evil inclination. Like the Talmud says, we would all be absolutely dedicated to God were it not for the yeast in the dough which many people understand just simply to mean were it not for the fact that we have to earn a living, we'd all be so dedicated spiritually. But the yeast, that which inflates, that which causes things to expand and to become big, that is the so-called evil inclination. Now, very often when people hear the expression evil inclination, they think it's really abstract. What exactly are you talking about? So let's make it a little bit more relatable. It's a sense of self, of personal expectations, of the demands that I have, of the need to be in control, of the arrogant perspectives that every single one of us has about something. You know, for example, you see people spewing their opinions about which vaccine to use or whether to use a vaccine or, at all. Well, are you a, an expert? Are you a virologist? Are you a pathologist? Like, you know, why are you speaking up on the nature of vaccine? But that's us. We, we live in a society that has stoked our ego to an extent that everybody who has an Instagram account has an opinion. So, and everybody should be listening because look how many followers I have. And that's the comments. The comments that lurks in all kinds of interesting places. And just like your house has all different elements to it, all different parts. There's a kitchen, there's a living room, there's a bedroom, all the different parts of your house. So the personality also has all different parts. And you've got to look with that candle, the candle of your soul. Because if you can see things through the perspective of your soul, then you actually start to see things clearly. So you start to look through the lens of your soul with the light of the candle of your soul. And you say, in which crack is my chomets lurking? Where exactly? Where exactly is the toxin in my system? For one person, maybe it lurks in the kitchen, you know, in other words, their, their whole toxicity of their life is around hedonism. The pleasures of this world is represented by good food and drink. 
And maybe for another person, it's in their man cave because this is the place that I escape from the world. And I don't have to be responsible for anybody else. I just want to chill, chill. <laughs> you know what Judaism says about chill? Chill is the slogan of Amalek, the archenemy of the Jewish people. It says, hey, 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 don't get excited about anything spiritual. Just chill. So where exactly does my chomets lie? This time of the year is a time to identify what needs to be expunged from our lives and to actually sweep it out. You know, there's a whole therapeutic system of decluttering that we, we in the 21st century, we co collect so much stuff that we don't need. I mean, think about how many items of clothing you may well have in your wardrobe that you just don't wear. And, and then you ask yourself, so why do I still need them if I never ever wear them? And we say it's, it's almost as if we've got this fear of letting go. What happens if I give it away? What happens if I don't have it? What happens if I'm going to need it at some point in time? So there's a therapeutic method called decluttering. You know, you get rid of stuff in your life and you suddenly feel that you're not so bogged down and it's nice to look inside your wardrobe. You can see exactly what's what. Try it with your inbox or your WhatsApps. Isn't it the most incredible thing when you have no WhatsApps that are in bold? <laughs> no WhatsApps that are unread? No emails that are just like piling up in your inbox? So there's a psychological release when you can get rid of clutter in your life. And spiritually, it's exactly the same thing that we're doing at this time of the year. There's the schomets that clogs up my spiritual arteries. That's what it is. And the schomets comes in all kinds of guises, much in the way that everybody's like, what? Are you kidding? I never knew that that was schomets. Like, I knew bread was schomets, but I never knew that that particular product was schomets. Well, that's how it is. Schomets comes in all various guises and forms. And the process of this time of the year, you don't just arrive at the Pesach say to sit down and say, wow, so nice that we could all be together, especially in these times. By the way, you've got to be careful, right? Don't overdo the guests for, for Pesach. Keep it safe. It's a very important thing. But, uh, you know, you sit at the Seder and you say, the food is so good. The decor is so nice. The songs are so uplifting. It's all beautiful and nice. But the truth is, to get to that point, you've, you've, got, to, you've got to get rid of some of the toxins of life. Because like it or not, we all have them. Nobody is immune. Everybody has their toxins. Everybody has their stuff that is collected, their chomets that's lurking somewhere in some kind of little spiritual crack in their life. And we've got to find it. And we've got to get rid of it. And that's why I'm asking the question, just to stimulate some thinking. What is the chomets that you and I need to get rid of? Maybe your chomets is different to my chomets. Maybe my chomets is uh, unique, you know. Maybe it's different to your chomets. I don't know. But let's see what chomets is there that I've got to get rid of in my life. That's what I should be focusing on at this point in time. And that's why I'm asking you the question. What would you consider to be the chomets that you've got to get rid of as a preparation for Pesach? Uh, here's somebody who says toxic people. Can't get rid of them. That's against the law. But you can certainly get them out of your life, right? <laughs> that you can do. You can clear them out of your life. So just be careful. Be careful that we don't interpret getting rid of in the uh, mafia sense, because that's certainly not what I meant. Uh, but at the same time, it's really important, really valuable to know and to identify what it is in my life that I should be getting rid of ahead of Pesach so I can have a, a real experience of liberation. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, as always, you can SMS 34519. You can also use Telegram. 0618951019 and the social media channels are open for business. That's the Facebook page, Chai FM's Facebook page, the at Chai FM Twitter handle or the at Rabashish Twitter handle. What do you think we should be getting rid of from our lives in order to have a meaningful Pesach? This is Fresh Thinking. You are with Rabbi Shishla all the way till just before 3 o'clock talking today about the process of getting rid of chomets, not just from your house. That's not good enough. 
how do we get rid of chametz from our lives? So if you had the opportunity as you're cleaning out your house to be able to clean out your spiritual chametz, what would it be? What would you want to clean out? Greg says debt. Yep, I guess that could be something, especially in the COVID reality, could be something that really shackles a person. A person could be really stuck. Imagine if it was that simple. That Erev Pesach, you could take all your debt and you could throw it into a big fire and burn it. I don't know, somehow I seem to remember once hearing a story about exactly that. About somebody who had a tremendous amount of debt and, and, and some Hasidic master told them. So I don't know, maybe I'm just making that up. But if anybody does recall ever hearing such a story, please go ahead and, and, and share it. I don't know, just somehow niggling in the back of my head that there is such a thing. Uh, Bianca says negative thought. This is really important. You see, because the nature of Chomets is to inflate. So part of the Chomets experience in spiritual terms would be to take issues and inflate them. And we're really good at doing that in the modern world. It's so, so interesting because you sit here in South Africa and everybody's going on about the power utility and about the vaccination rollout and about the water cuts. If you were listening to the news at the top of the hour. And then you listen to people in other countries, and it's so interesting. You hear that just change a few words, but the same extent of disappointment with government. We inflate things. We inflate negativity. It's very interesting that it, there's a Kabbalistic tradition that when you burn your chomets, you actually read a little statement which says, in the same way as I am destroying my chomets currently in fire, in the same way God should destroy all the malignant stuff of the world, the toxic elements of the world in fire. You know, fire purifies, fire sterilizes. And that's often what we need to purge ourselves from negative thoughts. Negative thoughts could be all kinds of things. They could be pessimistic thoughts. They could be thoughts of judging and criticizing other people. They could be thoughts of uh, self-defeat. There's so many negative thoughts that a person could have. And they all absolutely, as Bianca says, could be represented by comets. So they got to go. They got to go before Pesach, which is true and good. So here's the next question. How? <laughs> Anybody got a good way? How? How do you get rid of negative thoughts? I remember a story, a beautiful story, where there was an individual who came to the Magid of Mezrich. He was the second Hasidic master, the successor to the Baal Shem Tov. And he said, you know, I have these inappropriate, these bad thoughts that keep penetrating into my head. How do I get rid of them? So he says, Go immediately, leave immediately, go to the next town, and I have one of my students in the next town, and ask him the question. He'll tell you how to get rid of, or how to control these negative thoughts. And now he left immediately, as he was told. By the time he got there, it was already um, late in the, in the evening. Everybody was asleep, as was customary in those days. They didn't have electricity. Yes, I know, that might sound familiar. They didn't have electricity, and so they would go to sleep early. And he finds his way to this particular individual's house, and he notices that he's still up. He's got a candle burning and he's studying Torah. That's great. Knocks on the window. No response. Knocks again. No response. Goes to the door. No response. Shouts and screams. No response. In the meantime, it's getting really cold. It's getting really late and it's getting really cold and he, he doesn't know what to do. So eventually he resigns himself to the fact that this fellow is either hard of hearing or ignoring him and he better find a place to sleep. So he makes his way to the shul. And he sleeps on a bench on the shul. The next morning, he goes to this particular chassid's house, knocks on the door. The fellow opens the door. Shalom aleichem, welcome. Please come in. Can I give you something to eat? He thinks this is extremely strange. He says, do me a favor. And, you know, I don't understand what's going on. He says, let's eat first. We'll talk. So they eat. And he says to him, what brings you here? He says, the, the great Maggid of Mezrich sent me to you. 
to find out how does a person stop these inappropriate thoughts from getting into your head. A great Pesach lesson. How do you stop the Pharaoh voice inside your head that keeps telling you, you can't go anywhere, you'll never amount to anything, you'll never change, nothing ever changes. How do you, how do you control all of that? And the Chassid with a glint in his eye says, that I already taught you last night. It's the good old just say no principle. That's how we get rid of negative thoughts. Very, very good uh, suggestion over here from Bianca. Maureen says, I wish I could get rid of all the variables, negativity and nonsense. I'm not sure what the variables is supposed to mean. Uh, see if we can understand that. Maybe a little bit more, uh, a little bit more insight over there. But absolutely, if you think of the story of Pesach and you think of the story of what it was to be a slave in Egypt, so the slaves obviously um, are a metaphor. They're supposed to understand, uh, to help us understand what it is that we're supposed to be getting rid of. Chometz is iconic of being a slave. What are we slaves to? I think it was last year we were talking about being slaves to technology, right? Anybody remember that? Because that's an obvious one. You know, we walk around with our phone and chain. <laughs> we're complete. It's amazing how we're sucked into it consistently on a regular basis. So perhaps, perhaps that's exactly uh, what we need to free ourselves from. Um, who said over here? Somebody said Tessa and Doreen both had the same thing. Well, maybe it's not the same. Let's not mix them up. Tessa says that if there was one thing to be able to sweep out and clean out in the course of preparation for Pesach, it would be racism and anti-Semitism. Yeah, there was that, I don't know if you saw it, there was that great article from this guy, Chen Matzig. I don't know if you've ever seen his articles. Great article about the Grammys and about how it's acceptable to to be anti-Semitic, even at a time where you get cancelled for any kind of discrimination. Very interesting. So I'm sure there are many, many people who, say, who would say exactly that. Oh, I wish we could cleanse anti-Semitism. Much in the way as uh, at the time of Pesach, although at the time of Pesach we didn't get rid of anti-Semitism, we got rid of the anti-Semites of the time. And King David says in Tehillim, that really the goal is not to destroy our enemies, but to stop them from being enemies, to turn them around. Uh, Doreen says intolerance, that would be the most incredible thing to get rid of. If we could get rid of intolerance, big blight on our society, right? So, um, so if a, okay, I don't, apparently there's some static. Are you hearing some static on your side of the radio? We'll try and see what that is. I have no idea what it could be. But uh, that's the joys of tech, right? Especially the joys of working remotely and not being in a studio. Hope it, uh, hope it settles. Somebody just maybe SMS in, let us know if it settles, whatever sound is going on over there. Anyhow, the point is, um, what were we saying? Got to get rid of intolerance. Yes, absolutely. You see, that's, that's the thing about Chomets. Chomets becomes so inflated, it occupies every space within the person's mind, and then you don't have the opportunity to tolerate anybody else. You just, you've left no space for anybody else. <clears throat> it's like the saying that I once heard, who you are speaks so loudly, I cannot hear anything that you have to say. <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Sometimes people become so caught up. They get so caught up in themselves, they cannot tolerate anybody else. They cannot allow anybody else to be. And that's definitely, definitely a big part of how we prepare ourselves for Pesach. To be just a little bit vulnerable. To just uh, allow ourselves the opportunity to allow other people to be. 
It's a very good one. Very nice. Very nice insights that we're getting over here. What are your insights? What do you think we have to get rid of in order to prepare ourselves for Pesach? Besides the obvious that you've got to get rid of Chomets, which is sitting inside your house. What is there inside the mind? What is there inside the heart? that we need to get rid of in order to be ready for Pesach. Your thoughts on 34519 via SMS or on Telegram 0618951019 or on social media at Chai FM, at Rabashish, that's on Twitter or the Chai FM Facebook page. This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. So it's uh, Pesach in just over a week from now. We're cleaning out the house. What is there that we need to clean out besides just the physical chomets? We've had some very interesting suggestions. Negative thoughts, intolerance. Uh, what else did we have? Somebody saying clean out the whole thing of Pesach. Debt, sins, toxic people. Those were the uh, different ideas that came through. Well, to be honest, um, chomets is quite personal. And not everybody's going to have exactly the same experience of Chomets. But what is common to everybody's experience of Chomets is that it always begins with a sense of self. And that's the great challenge. It's interesting because you wouldn't imagine that people coming straight out of slavery would have to deal with an element of self. Surely their selves have been destroyed. Does anybody ever think about this? I mean, surely they were slaves for 200 years. They must have come out of there with crushed egos, not inflated egos. How does Chomets fit the story of the Exodus? Surely it's a time. I mean, and that's why some people are, are quite confused. Is matzah a food of slavery that they used to feed to the slaves? Because let me tell you, once it fills you up, that's it. You can't move. Your whole digestive system clogs. Or was it a um, was it the food of redemption? That they had to eat as a sign of leaving Egypt. Like which one is it? And of course in good Jewish tradition. We'll say both. <laughs> we'll say both. It's got a little bit of both. But Chomet's idea of an inflated ego. How does that equate with slavery? So we need to understand that this idea of leaving Egypt. Means that there's stuff that's collected over the course of time. That's become so big in our minds. It's like later on in the desert where Moses speaks to the Jewish people and he says, the desert has become so overwhelming in your head that even if you are not going to live in the desert anymore, you're still going to be overwhelmed by the desert. That's exactly what happens to us. We carry all this anxiety about things that even though they're not part of our lives, they haven't happened to us, but they're so overwhelming that we are we allow them to affect us, even though they're not happening in our lives right now. And it's certainly that way spiritually. We walk around believing that our spiritual adversaries, that our spiritual failings are so powerful and so strong and so big that they are insurmountable. And then there's a little bit of ego that creeps into it also because, you know, I don't want to start trying something that perhaps I'm going to fail at. Uh, you know, it's too embarrassing. I'm going to get up and make this big statement. Hi, everybody. I'm keeping Shabbos now as an example, because that would be breaking out of some kind of a spiritual Egypt, right? The spiritual Egypt of thinking I have to control my world seven days a week, 24-7. It's exhausting. Shabbos says, whoa, break out, break out, let go. You're not slave to Pharaoh. There's a God in the world and he's running the world. But I don't want to make that big announcement and say, now I'm keeping Shabbos. Because who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in, in six months from now or in six years from now? Who knows? I mean, the Talmud itself says, don't trust yourself until the day that you die. It tells us the story of this man who was a great, dedicated, Koyan Gadol, high priest of the Jewish nation for 80 years. 
And then the wheels came off and everything fell to pieces. So if that could happen to him, what could happen to me? So we're afraid. There's the ego. That's the first seed of ego. Fear of failure. Because we taking, we start to take ourselves too seriously. Maybe that's what we have to let go of. When we're talking about letting go of chometz, getting rid of, of chometz before Pesach, maybe that's what we have to get rid of. We have to get rid of this taking ourselves so seriously that what if, what if I do something and it doesn't quite work out? What if I say I'm leaving my Egypt and then the next thing you know, as happened to the Jewish people, just a few days later, there's Pharaoh back on your heels, lassoing you to take you back to where you came from. If you think that that is only a snippet of history, it's the real experience of any person who has tried to grow in their life. Because that's exactly what happens. We start moving. We start to go in a particular direction. We are all on fire and so enthusiastic. And then something comes, nabs us and says, whoa, you're having a bad day today. Or why don't you just try one last time before you give this up altogether? So that's the seed of chomets. That's the seed of ego which could destroy everything. And that's actually the message of Pesach. Pesach is the birth of the Jewish nation. Pesach is the beginning of this magnificent journey. So Pesach represents the beginning of every spiritual path that a person takes. And it's at the birth of the path. That's what you've got to make sure that the chomets doesn't get in. It's at the start of the process. That's what you've got to make sure that you don't get caught up in thinking, I got this, or I'm so concerned about what happens if I don't got this. That's where a person has to say, keep it, keep it simple. Keep it low key. That's the chomets that we've got to get rid of. People said before negative thoughts, which is quite true, but also a little generic. It's specifically the thoughts of what if, or more specifically, what if I, what if I'm not going to sustain? What if I am going to <clears throat> get this wrong? What if I am going to uh, now see everybody else's behavior and start to judge them and think, hey, hang on, I was able to do these things. What's up with everybody else? Why is nobody else getting on board? So that's a big part of what we want to get rid of as we try to get rid of chomets. Not just the bread in my basket or the whiskey in my cabinet, but that sense of making everything on my terms or based on my perspective or my preconceptions. That's really what we want to get rid of as we prepare for Pesach. Now, it's, it's interesting <clears throat> because uh, who was it? Leah over here said, get rid of the Golos. Okay, so just remember that, of course, the story of the Exodus from Egypt is a story of getting out of a state of persecution, which we call Golos, into a state of redemption, which we call Geula. <clears throat> now, the truth is, that we are currently in a state of golos. It's not a physical golos of slavery, but it certainly is a spiritual golos where we are spiritually disconnected. And that's what we want to get rid of. And what's interesting is that when a person makes strides in their own personal spirituality, it has a direct impact on the greater spirituality. So it's actually a good point. They all go hand in hand, getting rid of that sense of ego, that very self-absorbed attitude, getting rid of toxic thoughts, getting rid of intolerance. That all builds the picture of getting rid of the goddess that we live in. So, yeah, that was really a very good point as well. I think the most important thing for us to bear in mind is that as <clears throat> as we prepare for Pesach, it's not just that you can pat yourself on the back and say, I got rid of the stuff in my house. 
greater challenge is to say, did I get rid of the stuff in my head and my heart? This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. So we're, uh, we're pretty much wrapping it up at this point. But we've been talking about, and I think it's an interesting conversation, and some of you have given some really insightful perspectives on it. But if you're just going to go through Pesach every single year as cleaning your house, which is incredibly tedious, well, it can be soul-destroying, actually. But the minute you recognize that this is an opportunity, as I work through the decluttering of my house, so I have an opportunity to declutter stuff, stuff that's toxic, stuff that's unhealthy, stuff that is self-absorbed, that's when Pesach really begins to happen. In the original Pesach story, the Jews did not have to do this work on their own. Hashem swooped down, God himself, as the Haggadah says, I am not an angel, I am not a seraph, I am not a messenger. I'm going to come and do it all for you. But even then, even when God said he was going to do it all for us, he still made us participate. So there was the story of the Pesach offering. And if you think about it, living as they did in Egypt, which worshipped the lamb, and they had to now take this lamb, parade it through the streets, tie it to their bed for four days. It was a huge shift. It was a huge getting rid of old perspectives. They used to, for having lived so many generations in Egypt, they used to believe, you don't mess with this stuff. You know, you know, nobody can stand up against the establishment. Nobody can think differently to what happens to be the popular thinking of the time. And so their first getting rid of chomets was not necessarily with a feather spoon and a candle on the night before Pesach, looking for little crumbs to get rid of. It was looking inward and asking themselves a very hard-hitting question. Do we have the courage to stand up against what is accepted as the prevailing thinking of this time? Egypt at the time being the most modern society, the rulers of the world. And we should echo that as we go into Pesach. Because the uniqueness of being Jewish is that we have never conformed. We have never based our perceptions on what everybody else believes to be true. As there's, a, there's an, an interesting anecdote, they say that in order for a duck to be kosher, it has to have enough strength to swim upstream. In order for a person to be kosher, you have to have enough courage to swim upstream. And that's the Chomets. Chomets is not necessarily always of your own making. Chomets is sometimes the diet that we are fed from the outside world. And that diet is very much about this is what you have to think. Like that old cartoon of the BBC that says it is 9 p.m. This is the news with the BBC and here's what we want you to think. Well, that is actually what happens. Society wants us to think in a particular way, to accept certain norms, to, uh, to tolerate certain toxic behavior. And Pesach is a time to say, I'm not going to let that home. It's been my head. Sorry. The rest of the world has, you're entitled to your opinion. But I have a Torah that comes from an eternal God that gives guidance on how the world should live. I'm going to get rid of all that chomets. Maybe I didn't realize over the course of this year how much of that chomets has gotten into and infected my brain. Now's a good opportunity to get rid of it. And that would make for a very meaningful Pesach. That is not just simply about sitting down and repeating a story that you've heard your entire life. But that talks to real issues. Like what do we really believe? And what do we really think? And how, how much conviction do we have to stand up for the things that we care about, that we value, that are eternal to our nation. I think it's a great exercise for all of us to do as we go into Pesach. And please, God, as a result of that, we'll have a really meaningful and uplifting and liberating Pesach. I want to wish you a good Shabbos. Stay safe and stay sane.